The Milburn Stone Theater presents an MST audio production of The Tsar and Tsaritsa, a dramatic interpretation of the personal letters of the last Tsar of Russia, Nicholas II, his wife, Tsaritsa Alexandra, and their families during the last era of the Romanov dynasty. Episode 4. After the death of Tsar Alexander III, Nikki's family reached out to offer their consolation and support. Nikki felt the weight of his new responsibilities, and while the original plan was to marry in the spring of 1895, Nikki knew he needed Alex by his side. So just a week after putting Alexander III to rest, formal mourning was halted for the day, and Nikki and Alex were married. Kaiser Wilhelm II to Nikki, October 27, 1894. Neues Palais, Potsdam. My dear Nikki, the heavy and responsible task for which Providence had destined you has come upon you with the sadness of a surprise through the so unexpected and untimely death of your dear lamented father. These lines are to express my fullest and warmest sympathy with you and your Alex and your poor distressed mother. I can well understand the feelings which must have agitated your heart in witnessing the ebbing away of the life of your father as his illness and sudden passing away was so very like my own dear papa's, with whose character and kind geniality the late Tsar had so many likenesses. My prayers to God for you and your happiness are unceasing. May heaven comfort you in your grief and give you strength for your heavy duties, and may a long and peaceful reign give you the opportunity of looking after the welfare of your subjects. The sympathy and real grief at the so untimely end of your lamented father in my country will have shown you how strong the monarchical instinct is and how Germany feels for you and your subjects. As for me, you will always find me the same in undiminished friendship and love to you. What our political ideas are, we both know perfectly, and I have nothing to add to our last conversation in Berlin. I can only repeat the expression of absolute trust in you and the assurance that I shall always cultivate the old relations of mutual friendship with your house, in which I was reared by my grandfather, and some examples of which I was so glad to be able to give to your dear papa in these last six months of his reign, and which I am happy to hear were fully appreciated by him. I would have come myself to pray with you at the funeral, but I have so much to do with administration at home that it is impossible. Now, dearest Nikki, goodbye. God bless you and protect you and dear Alex, and give you happiness in your new married life. That is the warm wish of your most affectionate and devoted friend and cousin, William. Queen Victoria to Nikki, October 28, 1894, Memorial Castle. Dearest Nikki, I can hardly find words to express all my feelings in writing to you, my dearest future grandson. The best I can find are comprised in God bless you. May he indeed bless, protect, and guide you in your very responsible and very high position, in which it has pleased him to place you when still so young. May our two countries ever be friends, and may you be as great a lover of peace as your dear father was. What terribly sad scenes you must have gone through, loving your father as I know you did. I am thankful darling and Licky was with you through this trying time of sorrow, though I can't help fearing she will feel the reaction afterwards. Your poor dear mamma, how my heart bleeds for her. I know but too well what she suffers what the lonely anguish she must be going through, and did go through. 
but she is blessed in her children, and you are such a dear good son. What a terribly long and trying journey you must be taking. You will understand, I am sure, how very much disappointed and distressed I am not to see beloved Alicky, who is like my own child once more before she marries. But I feel it could not be otherwise, and I hope and trust we may meet next year, and that you will not find England much further than Copenhagen. Once more, God bless and protect you, beloved Nicky. Ever your devoted future grandmama V R I. Nikki to Queen Victoria, October 30th, 1894, Moscow. My darling grandmama, I must write to you a few lines as the messenger leaves tomorrow. I cannot tell you what awful and trying days we are living through now. Your dear kind telegrams touched us all more than words can say. Ten days have already passed since that terrible event happened. It seems to have been a nightmare. I cannot yet believe that my deeply, passionately adored and beloved father has been taken away from us. Though I knew how seriously ill he was, still the blow was a frightful one to poor dear mamma especially. Sweet darling Alecky's presence is such a comfort to me. I don't know how I would have stood it else. Dear Aunt Alex and Uncle Bertie also being here help dearest mamma in her pain, which I'm afraid will still be worse when we reach Petersburg, where we have never been alone without beloved Papa. The sympathy shown to us from everywhere, and even from abroad, is marvelous and is most touching. Dearest Grandmama, I am deeply grieved that it is impossible for Alecky to come and say goodbye to you before our wedding, but as Mama is probably going south soon, the marriage has to be hastened with. But be sure that as soon as we can find any possibility of crossing over to England to see you, we shall do it. God grant that day may come very soon. Forgive this hurried letter, but I have so much to do that all my time is taken up. The one great comfort I have got in my utter misery is my darling Alecky's deep love that I return her fully. Now I must end. With many kind messages from Mama and with my fondest love, believe me, dearest Grandmama, ever your most loving and devoted future grandson Nicky. Queen Victoria to Nikki, November 10th, 1894, Windsor Castle. Dearest Nikki, I was so deeply touched by your dear kind letter and by all your telegrams, and thank you warmly for them. These lines are to wish you every possible happiness that this world, alas, this sadly uncertain world, can ever bestow and may a kind and merciful God bless and ever protect you. You must have gone through such terribly trying and harrowing scenes. The various processions, the whole journey, and the last fearful ordeal. How your poor dear mamma could go through it all is a marvel. All speak and write of your devotion to her, and of your kindness and goodness to all. I need say nothing about your being a good husband to my darling Alicky. I know how safe she is with you, and how you will watch over her. 
I send you also the humble offering from my Munshi, Abdul Karim, for the wedding. It is some very beautiful Indian embroidery. I fear it will be a sad wedding, and yet a happy one for yourselves. God bless you, dearest Nikki. Ever, your devoted, future, Grandmama, V.R.I. Lord Carrington to Queen Victoria, November 14th, 1894, St. Petersburg. The Lord Chamberlain presents his humble duty and ventures to put down a few things concerning the imperial marriage which may not have appeared in the papers, but which may be of interest to your majesty. The morning was dull, quite an English November morning, and at eleven o'clock the Lord Chamberlain drove up to the Commandant's store of the Winter Palace. The palace was crowded already, most of the saloons being so full that threading through them was not easy. It was said that 8,000 and even 10,000 persons were present. It was not till 12.30 that the doors were open, and the King of Denmark led the imperial procession with the Empress Marie, who was dressed in white, looking very pale and sad, but very calm and collected, and showing no signs of emotion. The Empress's courage has been wonderful all through this terrible time and it is to be hoped that she may still be able to bear up when things resume their ordinary way. The emperor, in a very plain uniform, walked with the bride who looked simply magnificent. On her head she wore a circle of diamonds, with a diamond top which made it into a crown. Two long curls, like the Princess of Wales used to wear, on her shoulders, a splendid necklace and ornaments, and an enormous mantle of cloth of gold, lined with ermine. She looked the perfection of what one would imagine an empress of Russia on her way to the altar would be, and moved along quite simply with a great dignity. She makes very marked bows with her head when she greets anyone, and this is much noticed and appreciated. The procession got at last into the church, which is not very large, and when the royal party got inside the altar rails, an enormous number of people, including the seventy maids of honor, crowded in, and the ambassadors, in consequence, saw nothing and were not seen at all. The ceremony was choral, no organ, and the voices superbly trained and wonderfully true. The ring was placed on the bride and bridegroom's fingers, and then they walked three times round the altar and knelt in front of it, gold crowns being held over their heads the whole time. The bride was proclaimed empress at five minutes past one. Carrington. Alex to Queen Victoria, November 16th, 1894. Anishkov Palace. My darling Grandmama, I'm going to send you these lines through Lord Carrington, who leaves tonight. How can I ever thank you enough for your sweet letter with good wishes and blessings, for the lovely presence? The pendant with your dear portrait is too beautiful, and I shall prize it very much. The lovely ring I wore for the wedding, and ever since, and when I look at it I have to think of the beloved giver. The stuffs, shawls, and cape are charming and will be most useful. Alas, I shall long not be able to have the dresses made up. You can imagine what our feelings were at the wedding. Ten years ago, at Ella's wedding, both our beloved fathers were there. And now, poor Aunt Minnie all alone. She is an angel of kindness and is more touching and brave than I can say. Such a comfort her father was here, so she had him to walk with. How I missed sweet papa is not to be said, and poor dear Nicky, he felt the loss of his dear one quite terribly. But it is a comfort being married. I can be more with him and try and comfort and help him in all. He is so awfully good and dear to me, and my great love for him increases daily. 
We have got such nice little rooms here, as ours in the Winter Palace are not finished, and we did not wish to leave his mother directly. I shall send you some of the myrtle and orange blossom I wore at the wedding, and a bit of the dress as soon as I can. It was really most kind of the moonshee sending those pretty stuffs. Please forgive a short letter, as we have still any amount of telegrams to answer, and then perpetually Nikki has to be seeing people. I received such lovely presents, and I must describe them to you in my next letter. Thanking you again for all the kindness you expressed in your dear letter, and for the presents, I remain, beloved Grandmama dear, your ever-deeply devoted and dutiful, loving child, Alex. We were immensely touched that you gave a dinner the day of our wedding. Nikki to Queen Victoria, November 16th, 1894, Anichkov Palace. My dearest Grandmama, as Lord Carrington leaves this evening and goes straight on to Windsor, I cannot let him go without sending a few lines to you. Let me thank you, dearest Grandmama, for your two letters that I had no time to answer. It seems so strange to think I am married, and I cannot understand yet that my deepest wish in this world has been fulfilled. To have such a sweet, loving, and devoted wife as darling Alecky is, that is really a blessed gift that God has sent me. Still, it was a very sad ceremony for me, especially for dearest Mama, to think that my beloved father was taken away only a few weeks ago, he who had longed so much to see me married. Yes, truly, we have lived through very hard and trying days. I'm astonished how well, luckily to say, poor dear Mama has borne her pain. I am muchly occupied, and then having my darling little wife near is such a comfort. With her by my side, I shall have strength to face all the worries of my difficult task. Thank you once more for all your kindness, dear Grandmama. And believe me, ever your own very loving and tenderly devoted grandchild, Nikki. Xenia to Nikki, August 23rd, 1895, Bernsdorf. My dear darling Nikki, here we are again in Denmark, but what a difference with our previous visits. How many changes since then? You cannot imagine how difficult it is to be here without dear Papa and how much we miss him. In general, it's not much fun here, which is understandable. First, we found poor Georgie in bed. Two days before our arrival, he started to cough up blood, and just when he was beginning to feel better. And it happened again last night, but not as badly as the first time. Of course, this affects his nerves terribly and makes him very upset. Here, all the girl cousins are learning to ride bicycles with great enthusiasm. I shall also have to put myself to it, although it seems to me I will never master how to do it. I hope that dear Alex is in good health and feels quite well, and that the children are not wearing her out too much with their endless hopping. You have no idea how much I miss our delightful little daughter. Of course, she will be absolutely fine with you, but I feel terribly sad without her. Alex telegraphed me today to say that Irina is quite well and is growing every day. Everybody here is very interested in her and keeps asking me whom she looks like. Nikki to Queen Victoria, November 12th, 1895, Tsar's Caselo. Darling Grandmama, I thank you deeply for your kind letter, which your special messenger just brought, and for the kind things you say. Dearest Alecky, who is lying near me in bed, begs to thank you most tenderly for your letter and good wishes. 
Thank God everything went off happily, and both she and the little child are progressing most satisfactorily. She finds such a pleasure in nursing our sweet baby herself. For my part, I consider it the most natural thing a mother can do, and I think the example an excellent one. We are both so pleased that you accepted to be godmother of our first child, because I am sure it will prove a happiness to her after your constant signs of kindness and of motherly affectionate towards us. The name of Olga we chose, as it has already been several times in our family, and is an ancient Russian name. You don't know, dearest grandmama, the state of utter happiness I'm in. It seems so strange to be a father. Baby is going to be christened so early, so as that event can take place on our wedding day and mama's birthday. Dear mama remained with us the whole time since the event, and was such a comfort during the hours of expectation. We shall certainly send you some of baby's long hair. She is a wonderfully big child and promises to have big eyes. We both kiss you very tenderly, and I remain ever your most loving and faithful grandson, Nicky. Ella to Queen Victoria, November 13, 1895, Zarskosello. Dearest Grandmama, such loving thanks for your kind letter with the messenger. Your presence for the christening Alex and Nikki wish to open tonight, the evening before the happy day, and they are deeply, deeply touched. Alex is looking well, and her nursing the baby does her the greatest good possible. She is not woken in the night so as to have a good rest. The baby is too sweet. All the good counsels you gave me to tell have been done from the beginning, as here the treatment of women in confinement is perfect. Always the most perfect air in the rooms, and as to the cleanliness, that is perfection so that you never would believe there is a sick person in the room. The joy of having their baby has never one moment let them regret little Olga being a girl, and they are too dear with their little child. You know the dreadful nonsense which has got spread, God knows how, that Alex was dangerously ill, that she could not have a child, that there would be an operation. Lots of bosh. But in everything there is a good side. And the result is now all know she is well, the baby too that she nurses. So the joy is intense, and the disappointment of its being a girl washed out through the pleasure of knowing all is well. Thanks for thinking of me representing you with the christening. We are expecting Ernie and Ducky on Sunday, which will be a great treat, and Alex can enjoy them quietly. Our tenderest love and hearty kiss from your dutiful and loving own child, Ella. Kaiser Wilhelm II to Nikki. April 7th, 1896, Coburg. Dearest Nikki, the merry wedding which is taking place here, and the faces of many of the guests, remind me of two years ago when it was my good fortune to be able to help you to secure that charming and accomplished angel who is now your wife. The reminiscences of April 1894 were also felt by others, and from that cause, they agreed that we should send you the telegram you will have got. I venture to trust that I did not say or promise them anything that you have not afterwards found in your matrimonial life. May God's blessing be on you both, especially in the next month, when you are going to be crowned under the admiring assistance of the world. Your affectionate cousin and friend, Willie. Ella to Nikki, April 20th, 1896, Moscow. Dearest Nikki, at last the weather has changed and we have heat like in summer, so that I hope it will be green for the coronation. 
Please tell Alex the furs I sent tonight and have telegraphed to Ducky, saying a Feldjäger will take it to Darmstadt. I fear you must be overladen with work. Here the town is topsy-turvy with the preparations, dust, noise, and Sergei works hard daily with all the affairs. I do hope you have quite good news about Georgie. Now the winds which come in spring are so fearfully trying for those whose lungs are delicate. Tender kisses from Sergei to you three. From your loving sister, Ella. Nikki to Empress Marie, April 27th, 1896. It seems to me that we should look upon all the difficult ceremonies in Moscow as a great trial sent to us by God, as at every step we will have to repeat what we did during those wonderful, happy days thirteen years ago. The only thought that consoles me is that we will never have to perform the same rite again in our lives, and henceforth our existence will be smooth and even. I truly believe this. God will help us. In general, I am terribly fatigued. There are so many petty, meaningless affairs before Moscow. It is as if my gentlemen ministers have decided to wear me out. They are so persistent and tiresome, and I am amazed my head hasn't burst with all the rubbish being stuffed into it. Alex and the baby are doing extremely well, thank God, and look wonderful. Our little daughter gets rounder and chubbier. Four days after Nikki and Alex were crowned, a banquet was to be held for the people in the Kodinka field in Moscow. Attendees gathered the night before the festivities in anticipation of the gifts and the food to be offered. While the events of the coronation had run like clockwork so far, when a rumor spread amongst the crowd of thousands that there would not be enough food, a crowd crush began and over 1,300 people were killed with thousands more injured. After the tragedy, the festivities proceeded and Nikki and Alex appeared before the people in the afternoon. However, the specter of the morning's events would long cast a shadow on the futures of the Tsar and Tsaritsa. This has been an episode of the Tsar and Tsaritsa, a product of the Milburn Stone Theatre at Cecil College. Produced and edited by William Bryan. This episode features the voices of Faith Sullivan, Michael Anderson, Lily Wirth, Rachel Barton, Kate Holden, Joseph Marino, and Tom Worthington. For more details, please visit milburnstone.com.